0: Hello everyone, this is your host Daniel Cervantes and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of It's Football, Not Soccer, a podcast dedicated to the beautiful game with a large emphasis on the United States and Mexico. This last week brought with it another fantastic week of football as we get closer and closer to the American and Mexican winter breaks and with it progress through some more exciting playoff football. We had some major upsets and some surprising changes in the standings that I can't wait to delve into. Once again, we'll be recapping the USL Championship, USL standing for the United Soccer League, USL 1, National Women's Soccer League or NWSL, Liga MX, Liga de Expansión MX, Liga MX Femenil in this week's episode, with next week's it to be a bit more interesting due to the conclusion of some of the seasons, namely the USL 1 season. Of course, we'll get there when we get there. First and foremost, let's get started with the USL Championship. Also, yes, this is not, this episode is not being recorded at the Camp Student Radio studios. It is a day off for everyone, and so, you know, we keep working on this one. We keep plowing forward, and we'll see how things go tonight, uh, hoping that things will just go down just nicely. Either way, let's take a look now at the USL Championship as the semifinals wrapped up over the course of the weekend. Placing it first, though, we're going to look at the Eastern Conference Final that took place between Charleston Battery and Louisville City that took place on the afternoon of Saturday, November 4th. At home at honestly pretty scenic Patriots Point Soccer Stadium. If you haven't seen where it's located, it's actually located in a beautiful spot in the Charleston Harbor. Um... Taking place there, though, the number 3 seed Battery had quite the task to handle in the form of number 5 Louisville, a squad that hadn't lost to Charleston in seven straight matches. Despite this poor form coming in, Charleston was in full control for the duration of the match. Only five minutes in, Arturo Rodriguez was able to beat Oliver Semmel on a beautiful free kick to give the Battery the early lead. The score remained 1-0 until Augustine Williams extended it to 2 by converting a penalty in the 58th minute. Louisville did avoid the shutout by scoring in the 90th on a Kyle Adams goal off the corner kick. This only came after Louisville's Carlos Moguel was sent off on a second yellow card in the 86th minute. Not soon after, the final whistle blew, and the battery punched their tickets to the USL Championship final. Kings of the East. The Western Conference Final, well, honestly, this was quite the affair. Six-seeded Phoenix Rising picked up a major upset of the top team in the West, Sacramento Republic, on the road. Despite entering on a five-game unbeaten streak, the Republic were ultimately victims of their own mistakes. They put themselves out in the lead in the 31st minute as Russell Cicerone, despite the off-balance shot, was able to beat Rocco Novo and make it 1-0. Sacramento kept the match in control until the 80th minute when Connor Donovan scored a deflating own goal to even the score. With the momentum in their hands, Phoenix capitalized with Emil Cuello scoring on a fantastic shot from distance to put the Rising on top 2-1 in the second minute of second half stoppage time. With the upset complete, Phoenix now turns their their attention to yet another road challenge as the USL Championship Final is the next step. The final currently is set to take place at Patriots Point Soccer Stadium in Charleston once again this Sunday, the 12th, at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. For context, this is being recorded on the afternoon of Friday, the 10th of November, the day being recognized as Veterans Day since Veterans Day is on the weekend this year. And while this is going to be a very, very good one... Charleston, they enter as narrow favorites, currently running on a four-game unbeaten streak at home against a Phoenix Rising squad that has not been able to keep a clean sheet in eight matches. They have not been able to stop conceding, and this could be a big one. You know, the defense just has not been contributing to Phoenix in the way that they would like. This will be the only the third time that either of these teams have played each other, however. Charleston, they lead the series with one win and one draw. However, that win deserves an asterisk. It was all the way back in 2014. However, the draw was on March 11th this year in Charleston, so pretty evenly matched in that regard. The biggest factor will be whether the battery are able to contain a very potent Phoenix Rising offense, and if so, I can honestly see them coming on top, out on top on what should be a nail-biter of a final. Honestly, this weekend, a lot of good games going up, and this is honestly going to be a real fun one. So, USL Championship... Final match set for this Sunday will be a fantastic one, and well, if you want to watch it, it's on ESPN. Um, other big news for the USL in general is that they just made a major deal with CBS to broadcast about 100 games of USL Championship and USL1 over the course of the next couple of years into 2027. So... This doesn't mean that all USL Championship and USL1 games are going to be on CBS's networks, whether that's the main CBS channel, Paramount+, Plus, what have you. It's just there's going to be, give or take, 25 games every season on U- on CBS. So expect the bigger matchups, big rivalries, the games you would expect to be put on these prime time situations on a bigger channel. And honestly, this is a big win for USL more exposure for their league that honestly is slowly getting into more of a position to actively compete with MLS versus the current role where they sit as the second level in the American, you know, football pyramid. Whether or not that will happen, we don't know. Of course, they had the debate earlier this season about whether or not the USL wants to enact promotion relegation, which honestly, if they do so, major win because that gives them a bit more legitimacy compared to MLS you know I have a whole lot of issues with MLS there's a reason why we don't talk about MLS on this podcast and you know I don't know maybe during the off season, we'll have a special podcast dedicated to my beef with MLS Major League Soccer I'm not sure we'll see whether or not that actually ever comes to fruition however you know There's a lot of issues with MLS, and USL Championship is actively addressing or looking to address some of those issues. So promotion relegation, honestly, you give yourself immediate authenticity, much more authenticity than MLS. And, of course, this new deal gives them a lot of opportunity to get more exposure. Get some more casual fans. You know, some sports people might just be looking through CBS or Paramount Plus and trying to find something to watch, and boom. Suddenly, they notice that there's some, you know, soccer. They take a shot on it, and boom. You got yourself some new fans. So that'll be interesting to see. However, I do believe the majority of matches will still remain on ESPN+. Plus. So, hey, if you have ESPN Plus for anything, such as National Hockey League play, it's a good option. Um, So this Sunday, final match, the championship match, Between Charleston Battery and Phoenix Rising. Just wanted to put that one out there. As this is going to be a good one. And hey if you got ESPN Plus. You're going to be able to tune it right in. With that we're able to now move on to. The level right below the USL Championship. USL 1. This last weekend only one matchup. The USL 1 final. The battle between North Carolina. And Charlotte Independence. And well the number two seeded North Carolina. The hosts were able to take down number four Charlotte Independents and crown themselves as the 2023 USL One Champions. They entered the match, however, really quickly. North Carolina, they entered that match on a six-game unbeaten streak. However, the season series between both the teams, a flat one, one one-and-one. You honestly can't really get much more even when it comes to a head-to-head series in a season like that, but... Regardless, it was a pretty good matchup. It was very defensive. Like, if you are a fan of defensive, close-scoring games, this was the match for you because neither team scored in regulation. Um, I know a lot of people aren't really fans of scoreless draws, but hey, playoff football, there's extra time for a reason. Extra time was actually very exciting. 99th minute, Hector Acosta for Charlotte was able to beat Brooks Thompson, fantastic header off of the corner kick, and suddenly Charlotte was in a position to actually potentially pick up the upset. That was actually, though, a very, very short-lived lead, not very much long later, as in, I believe, the 111th minute own goal. A brutal, brutal own goal by Austin Pack for Charlotte, ties the game up, gives North Carolina life, and then neither team able to crack through the scoring for the remainder of extra time. 120 minutes played, and, well, it was on to a penalty shootout. And, well, North Carolina, again, the nail-biting there on at home, able to pick up a very narrow 5-4 penalty shootout victory to pick up their first-ever USL1 championship title. So the silverware is staying in North Carolina And congrats to them—a well-earned victory as they put themselves as the kings of the USL One. Now, honestly, we wait till next year. It's going to be a decent break. Winter break starts officially. It started on on Sunday and goes all the way till March. So, North Carolina FC—they are celebrating from now until then. And then next year, we'll see whether or not North Carolina is able to give themselves a good defense of their title. And of course, commiserations to Charlotte Independence. Very well-fought battle. Unfortunately, just those mistakes at the end really sunk them. And so, Charlotte, don't hang your heads too long. It was quite the feat to get there in the end. With that, we now move on to the National Women's Soccer League, NWSL. And, well, semifinals this last weekend. And if you tuned into last week's episode, when I was previewing the semifinal matchups you might have remembered me saying higher-seeded Portland Thorns and San Diego Wave were entering on a long period of rest, setting up what you could pretty much determine as a pair of trap games. Um, hate to say it, but I was right. It happened. Both of the higher seeds were upset this past weekend, giving us a very intriguing final set for tomorrow on Veterans Day here in the United States. So first off, let's take a look back at those major upsets. So, in the first patch of this past Sunday, it was Portland Thorns who finished second in the table, hosting New Jersey, New York, Gotham, the lowly six seed team, the last team to punch their tickets into the playoffs. Out there at Providence Park, which is honestly a very beautiful ball, a uh, very beautiful park, very interesting park. Um, for those who don't know, it used to be the municipal stadium that was host to you know, the Portland Beavers of baseball. And they actually have done a lot of work both you know the portland timbers especially putting a lot of work into making a good park so the thorns at home at providence park entered as favorites even though they hadn't played in nearly three weeks because the first round by in the playoffs and then right afterwards the timing is really rough for them the women's international break put a major pause on any play that could happen and so the match itself ended up incredibly defensive Neither side able to score in regulation, so scoreless draw entering extra time. In the process, Gotham picked up four yellow cards. The Thorns only one yellow card, so they played a much more clean game. And in the 107th minute, New Jersey New York finally broke the tie when Katie Stengel delivered a dagger from just outside the box, placing the ball in the top left corner and just out of the reach of Shelby Hogan. 13 minutes later, the match was over. Final whistle blows. Gotham victorious and on their way to the NWSL final as major underdogs continuing a storyline postseason. Later that night, second match of the semifinals, San Diego Wave at home against the OL Reign. And well, this one took place at Snapdragon Stadium, so San Diego was actually playing for a chance to... To really be the host because snapdragon stadium this year is the hosting site for the nwsl final nwsl does neutral site championship match the wave were playing for a chance to become a team hosting the final technically however they were at a pretty big disadvantage the rain were entering as road favorites even though the wave were the top team in the on in the regular season the problem was the rain had an undefeated record against the wave they had never lost to san diego so immediately that's not a great sign, not very a hopeful sign if you're a San Diego fan. First half very quiet, no scores, but not very long after the second half kicked off, Veronica Latzo gave OL Reign the lead on a wide shot. Honestly, it was it looked like it was meant to be a cross. It looked like a crossing pass that was a little too close to the goal, off target. You couldn't really see who the heck the target was, for, who the heck the pass was for. And suddenly, it hits off of the post and into the net. And suddenly, the rain were on top, one 0 and San Diego was now having to fight from behind. The rain, though, they did exactly what they've done to San Diego every single time they played them. They shut them down. Wave were completely held off the board, a scoreless upset loss at home. And so the rain, as the other underdog, punched their tickets to the NWSL final this weekend. A big, big, bitter pill to swallow if you're a Wave or Thorns fan. Just, you know, higher seed. You really would have hoped that you would have had a better uh, showing this weekend. But, again, perfect recipe for a trap game in both contexts. Nearly three weeks off. That's a lot of time to have off in any sport, um, especially football. You're playing once a week oftentimes, and suddenly, bam. Yeah, tough, st- tough stuff. But, you know, the wave, thorns, you know, there's next year. But now we know who's going to the final. Stage is now set. Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego hosting the final between the rain and New Jersey, New York, Gotham. That is set to kick off at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time tomorrow, Veterans Day. And, well, neutral site matchup for the two underdogs who, over the course of this season, split the series, each team winning one match against one another. Both of them were on the road, however, with neutral territory, doesn't really make the home field advantage much of a factor. The Rain enter with the better record in the matchup overall, the Lifetime Series against the Gotham. However, we'll really see how much that actually factors in. If the rain win, honestly, it's going to be a storybook ending because of Megan Rapinoe. She is set to retire after this match. So, you know, you could get the icon of the U.S. women's national team retiring victorious in her final game as a champion of the National Women's Soccer League. We'll see whether or not that will be the reality. Of course, it's going to be an exciting matchup. I'm excited to see what the result will be tomorrow. Again, a whole lot on the line here. Who will come out on top? The O.L. Rain or New Jersey, New York, Gotham? We'll have to wait to see. So now here, first of all, hydration break. It's been about 18 minutes, so if you're not drinking water, please drink water. I'm drinking water, so you should be too. And now, with that, after that hydration break, we're pivoting south of the border. Looking now at the Liga MX Apertura. Match day 16 wrapped up over the course of the weekend, and now we're moving on into match day 17, the final match day of the Apertura regular season part of it all. So, a lot of good games this last weekend, and a lot of big results really has a lot of factor, really, you know, just a lot of big changes to the table as a result, and now entering this final weekend, The table is really the key to look out for. So first of all, we're going to look back at match day 16 and see what even happened. So first of all, Puebla picked up a very narrow win against León at home, 5-4. Absolute shootout as Guillermo Martinez picked up a hat trick in order to help take down their visiting foes. Later on, Tigres and San Luis ended in a 2-all draw as San Luis answered every single one of Tigres' goals. Andre Pierre Guignac opened it up in the 58th. Vitinho for San Luis responded 86. Nicolás Ibáñez then gave Tigres the lead again in the first minute of stoppage time. And then five minutes later, Dieter Villalpando responds, giving the draw in the sixth minute of stoppage time. And so, two all draw, one point apiece for both of those teams. America, they then handily defeat Tijuana at home 3-0 as they picked up three second-half goals, taking full advantage of Kevin Balanta being sent off on a double yellow in order to cruise to a very comfortable 3-0 victory. Givas then had a very, very narrow nail-biter win at home against Cruz Azul, taking until the seventh minute of second-half stoppage time to score on a Jonathan Padillo goal to just barely scrape by 1-0 at home. Not exactly how you would want to draw it up, but hey, a win is a win. Following that, Monterrey earned themselves a quality 2-0 win on the road of Pachuca as Germán Berterame and Rugelio Funes Mori scored really early in this one, both goals in the first half, and then the defense helped clamp down to finally shut out their opponents. Pumas de Unam then ultimately handily defeated Atlas 3-0 at home as Juan Dineno scored on a penalty in the 28th minute before César Huerta and Gustavo del Prete extended the lead on a pair, on a pair of goals themselves. Following that, battle of one of the lower-level teams, Necaxa dominated Mazatlan at home 4-0, as four separate players picked up a goal each in order to help brighten what's been a very uh, very forgettable apertura for Necaxa. However, this had major effects on Mazatlan, as this was a loss that they cannot really afford, considering they are in the hunt for a playoff spot. Following that one, Santos Laguna, 3-1 victory at home over Toluca, the Lucas lone goal, really just a consolation prize goal, it took place in the third minute of second half stoppage time, so all it really did was spoil the clean sheet for Santos. However, Santos comes away with all three points. In the final match of the weekend, Guerrero handily defeated Juarez on the road 3-0, as Jose Zuniga, he absolutely popped off. A hat trick to carry his team to victory, including a goal within the first minute of play. So he was completely dialed in from the beginning. And so, major props to Zuniga as he's able to pick up a hat-trick. Again, a very rare accomplishment. Some major, major props to him. And what a wonderful way to end off match day 16. So now looking ahead at the final match day of the 2023 Apertura, we have a lot of intriguing matchups that can really affect the playoff standings. So tonight, we're going to have Atlas, Necaxa, Mazatlan versus Toluca, Antiguana Tijuana vs. Pachuca. Tomorrow, it'll be San Luis vs. Santos Laguna, Querétaro vs. Monterrey, Pumas de Unam vs. Chivas, and Tigres vs. America. On Sunday, to wrap it all up, it'll be Cruz Azul vs. Puebla, Leon versus, and León vs. Juarez. Looking at the table, Mazatlan, Puebla, Pachuca, Juarez, Querétaro, and Cruz Azul all have a shot to make it into the playoffs, with Toluca, León, and Santos, the three squads, we're trying to hold on for dear life. So, my key matches for this weekend, it's going to have to be Mazatlan versus Toluca and Leon versus Suarez. As both results can have very direct implications on whether either of those teams is able to make it in. So, very exciting. You know, the other teams ahead of Toluca, Leon, Santos, they're all comfortably in. They have enough points to ride out the rest of the season. However, those final three... This weekend is, you know, every every minute's going to count. Every shot's going to count, and we'll see what happens. So, however, some some exciting Mexican football for this weekend, as all these teams battle for a chance to make it into the playoffs, and finally, for a chance to win themselves some silverware at the end of this year. So now we move on. To the second level of Mexican football, La Liga de Expansión MX Apertura. It is confusing as all heck. Um, This has to be one of the weirder playoff formats I have seen in football. And that's saying something because right now we have MLS's weird first-round playoff thing where it's a best-of-three series, which, again, I don't really enjoy. I don't know how to feel about... La Liga de Expansión MX's whole play in bracket. So, part of the confusion stems from the fact that the website doesn't update very frequently and obviously indicating who is playing who and when. Um, And then, you know, I'm having to rely on my other source, (laughs) FOTMob. I'm having to rely on other external sources to help try and piece together the puzzle That is this play-in bracket. And so, you know, it's been an interesting saga. For sure, though, we have kicked it off. The semifinals for the play-in bracket were last night. So, yes, there are very multiple rounds of playoffs in here. And so the play-in bracket last night, pair of matchups. We had Morelia hosting Venados this match was not very good for Venados. They were down a man starting in the 12th minute because Luciano Nekekar was sent off on a straight red card. Of course, they can always review that. However, good luck unless you, you know, there's enough evidence to show you didn't commit a red card worthy foul. Uh, Yeah, sent off and so Venados in the 12th minute down one man for the rest of the game. Despite this, Venados actually played quite well holding off the Morelia offense until the 69th minute when finally Morelia was able to capitalize with Alonso Flores putting the goal in the net and giving them the lead. However, Venados, they were determined. They weren't going down very easily. 76th minute, they respond with Gero Rodriguez picking up a goal and making it a one-all draw. That score persisted through extra time, and so it was off to penalties. In the end, Atletico Morelia able to win at home 4-3 to three in penalties to 100% advance into the quarterfinals of the main bracket. Um, the other match last night was a very defensive one. You, have, you had Atletico La Paz narrowly defeating Corte Caminos de la UAT on the road 1-0. Both sides were scoreless. A lot of quality opportunities, but both defenses and goalkeeping squads were absolutely playing out of their minds. Fortunately, 83rd minute, and La Paz they took advantage as Flavio Santos gave them the lead, and ultimately Gorda Caminos were not able to respond, falling to their visitors and being knocked out from the playoffs. So now here is where things get funky. So again, I mentioned earlier, the website for La Liga de Expansión MX, not the most helpful right now. They take a while to update. And of course, I'm using FotMob. So if you've ever used FotMob, you kind of understand how chaotic that can look too, especially on browser. I prefer the mobile app significantly more. Um, so how it seems the play-in bracket worked. So the match between Morelia and Venados, they were the 7th and 8th place teams. So, battle between higher-seeded teams. So, the winner of that automatically qualified for the quarterfinals. However, the loser, it's double elimination. They have one more chance to move on. The winner of the lower bracket, however, being the ninth and 10th place teams, has to play another match to hopefully maybe make it in. So, as it stands right now, the play-in final will be between Venados and Atletico La Paz, in order to try and clinch, you know, both teams trying to find a way to get into that final quarter-final spot. So, as it stands, both teams will face off on this Sunday, the 12th, at about 4.05 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Winner will earn the right to take on the top finisher of the table, Cancun. Um, So that's not great, you know, immediately the fight, you know, Still an uphill battle, no matter how you put it, so they'll be facing off against Cancún in the quarterfinals. So far, La Paz has handled Venados quite well this year. They've beaten them in the two times they faced each other. On the other hand, though, Venados has not lost at home in six games, so they have been very good home field advantage. has absolutely been a factor for Venados, so we just have ourselves a fantastic setup for a really good winner-takes-all matchup between these two. To see who will move on and take the final spot in the Apertura uh, quarter-final chaos that is coming up soon. So from there, uh, the way it pivots, Mexican football loves doing in their playoffs when they do have them. They love doing home and away. So two leg matches where the aggregate score is what matters. So, you know, you can lose one game by one goal but if you come in the next game and win by three you're moving on so aggregate is really what matters more is not exactly the you know the result win or loss it is how many goals you score how competitive you keep it because if you you know get blown out you're gonna have a real hard time rebounding but it's always interesting the uefa champions league and europa league in the groups not in the group stages in the knockout stages also use this system. So, you know, this is a system with some merit. So, it also gives you some intrigue, you know, it's not just one game you're gone. There is a chance to rebound, however, it really depends on how the first game goes. So, from this point on after the play-in bracket wraps up on Sunday, it is two-leg quarterfinal play. So, we already know more or less who's going to face who. Gangwon top team, waiting for the results on Sunday to see who they'll face off against. We know that Leones Negros of UDG, University of Guadalajara, they're going to take on Atletico Morelia. Atlante will then take on Cimarrones de Sonora. Mineros de Zacatecas will face Tepatitlan. So the first leg of this two-match tie will take place on Wednesday the 15th. my sources say, that being fought mob currently say it is going to be a 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time start. Um, that's potentially going to change. Of course, all the matches will be happening concurrently, I would believe, uh, just so that way, I don't know, add more chaos factor to it all. Of course, take that with a grain of salt. We may find out some more information, because, again, La Liga de Expansión, they take some time with giving us up-to-date info. Um, then the second leg... That will take place later on. It will happen after, you know, we're recording next week's podcast. So, you know, we'll talk about that one more in next week's episode. However, we got ourselves some pretty good games coming up. So I don't know if you're one who likes to take, you know, gander at the second level of Mexican football. This is a pretty good opportunity, a pretty good time to tune right in. So we'll see how the race to the finish truly begins And we'll talk about it in a bit more detail next week. So now we move on to the women's side of ball there in Mexico. La Liga MX Femenil Apertura. Match day 17 wrapped up over the last weekend. And so the regular season phase of the season is done. Um, A lot of quality matches, a lot of good matches. However, uh, the schedule, they are really quite uh, quick. The quarterfinals have already begun. Last night, the quarterfinal first leg kicked off, so we're going to actually probably focus a bit more on the quarterfinals and we're going to move quickly through the scores from last weekend, match day 17. First of all, León and Atlas, one all draw. Really even match up there. Neither team able to get anything, just so both teams get a point each. Tigris able to handle themselves well over Nicaxa, 3-1. to one. Chivas... A very handily shutout victory over Pachuca at home, 3-0. Monterrey, narrow victory over América at home, 2-1. Pumas de Unam, a road victory over Juarez, 2-0. And a crucial victory, which we'll touch on real quickly soon. Cruz Azul, absolute domination over Santos Laguna. A 6-0 home victory. That one's got a sting if you're a Santos fan. Diwana. Tijuana. Victory on the road, 3-1 over Puebla. And then Toluca, a narrow 1-0 road victory over San Luis. And finally, to wrap up the regular season, Querétaro wrapped up a scoreless draw with Mazatlan. So, with those results, we now know who our playoff teams are. Top seed, it is Tigres with America, Chivas, Monterrey, Tijuana, Toluca, Pachuca, and Pumas de Una, Following right up, Pumas key point here they barely squeaked Pi and they barely squeaked in. Um, if you remember last week, I prefaced it a little bit, uh, saying that Juarez was the only team in the da- in the zone of able to fall out of the playoffs, and they did exactly that. The head to head matchup with Pumas had so many implications, and well, Pumas with their victory two to one. They tied up Juarez on points and then beat them on goal differential to knock them out of playoff contention and take with them the final spot in the playoffs. So that's tough. That's tough, Juarez fans. Not the best way to wrap up your season. And so the teams that go home enter their winter break early, Juarez, just by by the skin of their teeth, Leon... Cruz Azul, Querétaro, Atlas, Puebla, San Luis, Necaxa, Santos Laguna, and Mazatlan. They're all heading home. Mazatlan, they really had a rough season. Only two points through 17 matches. Not a great season for them. So all these teams now ready to just take a time, spend some time with family, and see what ends up happening over the course of the winter break. But however, we got to talk about the quarterfinals because we're already in action. Last night, the first leg opened up. We had Chivas, again, who finished third in the table. They got a very handy 3-0 road victory over Toluca, the six-seeded team in the playoffs. Alicia Cervantes, she picked up a pair of goals, including one on a penalty. And then Damaris Godinez picked up a goal herself in order to help Chivas nail a very comfortable vic- excuse me very comfortable victory. And, most importantly of all, give themselves a 3-0 aggregate lead, entering the second leg of the matchup. If you thought that one was one-sided, though, man, this next one was complete domination. America, who finished second on the table, they completely dominated Pachuca, who finished seventh, 6-0 on the road. Five different players scored in this one. Very comfortable win, and now not Pachuca find themselves in quite the hole, as in the next match, they're going to have to somehow score seven goals and shut out America if they have want any chance of making it into the semifinals. So not a great start for Pachuca and their playoff hope, but if you're an America fan, such as me, that's a big win and a big, big result that can help propel them going forward. So quarterfinals will continue tonight as Tijuana, the fifth-place team, Host Monterey, the fourth-place team, at about 5:06 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. After that, it will be number eight Pumas hosting number one Tigres at about seven o'clock Mountain Standard Time. For those first-leg matchups, wrap up the first leg there. All teams will get tomorrow Veterans Day off here in the United States off before the quarterfinals resume on Sunday the 12th, with América versus Pachuca set to be at 11 in the morning. Mountain Standard Time. I'm not quite sure about that one. We'll double check as time goes closer, but as it stands right now, 11 a.m. start, and then Chivas versus Toluca at about 8.06 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. On Monday the 13th, the final two matches of the quarterfinals will be played with Tigres versus Pumas at 6 o'clock Mountain Standard Time in the evening, and then Monterrey versus Tijuana at 8.05 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. After that, We'll know who moves on to the semifinals and who and who's heading back into their winter breaks. As a result, next week's show might be very similar to how today, just because, you know, some of these results are gonna probably get announced, they're probably gonna announce the times for the matchups. Probably I would say closer to Tuesday or Wednesday of this coming week. So we're probably going to have to, like, you know, next week's show, we might be talking about some results in the semifinals, just like how today we were talking about a couple of results in the quarterfinals. Regardless, it's, you know, relies a lot about who's left in, the higher seeds, all that good stuff, and, of course, the two legs means it takes a little bit longer. But either way, we're going to have some pretty good stuff coming up. We're going to have a lot of exciting football this weekend, playoff football, the highest stakes for a lot of these teams as the battle for civil war continue, and it's going to be the hardest part of their seasons, you know. Mexican teams are just really getting started in the playoff hunts, and the US teams are just about to wrap up their playoff hunts, so we're entering a fantastic, fantastic time to watch some football. So as we get a little closer to the end of things, gotta talk about what the plan is for the future. So. Um, Quick update, Um, last week's podcast, if you remember, I mentioned that I was recording in the wonderful studio at the Camp Student Radio studio at the University of Arizona. That will unfortunately probably not happen for the rest of this year due to the fact that the board is having issues there, a tragic, tragic fate, no more recording on what is some frankly fantastic gear. So we're probably going to be sticking around a lot more about this quality I do apologize. Going forward, I really was not hoping that this would be a as permanent a basis. I was really hoping, oh, you know, it's Veterans Day, just taking this week, and then maybe during the Thanksgiving week, you know, this, and during the winter break. But alas, we are gonna have to stick with this for a much more permanent scale going forward. So, of course, just like to uh, leave that like acknowledgement going forward. However, again, I also like to mention since the american leagues are really pushing to the end of their seasons and into their winter breaks the pivot that i mentioned in last week's episode the pivot talking about europe and such is very likely to happen um it's probably might even happen next week we may or may not we'll see whether or not that's the result of course there's not going to be that many games to talk about in the USL championship you know only one game this weekend the final no USL one only one game in the National Women's Soccer League NWSL their final so not a whole lot to talk about in those regards besides you know the congratulations things Um, next week will be the men's international break which does offer an opportunity to talk about some CONCACAF and maybe even you know some UEFA chant you know some UEFA international break stuff because hey those can be some very interesting and exciting competitions. We're, of course, going to be seeing what happens. Of course, Mexican leagues, they still have a little bit of time to go before they're done into their winter breaks. But, you know, by the beginning of December, we are probably going to be really pivoting into European football. Just as a result of these leagues over here in North America moving on and hitting the winter break in force. So, we'll see what happens. Don't be surprised if in next week's show we talk a little bit about the German Bundesliga, the top flight there. We're going to talk. If I do talk about those leagues, I'm going to be talking about, of course, both the men and the women, talking about the Bundesliga and the Frauen Bundesliga, giving both of those leagues absolute support and talking about them, just to help fulfill fill in some of the information, um, mainly because of the fact that the German football leagues are actually my favorites in Europe. Um, Part of that's because I'm a major Bayer Leverkusen fan ever since, you know, old Mexican star Chicharito played for Leverkusen years ago. So kind of really got into the Bundesliga, plus it's on ESPN+, so really easy to access here. Um, Of course, we'll see how that goes, but just wanted to give that little heads up as we get closer to that, see how things go in that regard. But, of course, next week's show really does begin to get into the more interesting folds just because of the fact that the North American leagues are getting so much closer to their winter breaks. So, just a quick little heads up there, quick little mini-tangent in that regard as we get ready to wrap up today's show. So, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in once again to what's been a fantastic episode of It's Football, Not Soccer. lot of games coming on this weekend that should be quite the fun time and if you can tune in get into it have fun with football it's called the beautiful game for a reason and I truly believe it and honestly it's growing here in the United States and I really do hope it continues to grow but hey take a shot tune into the U.S. leagues and the Mexican leagues if you've ever wanted to see some really competitive ball Um, so yeah this is one of the goals for this thing just talking about the leagues here and giving a chance for people who might not really know a whole lot going on in there, a chance to kind of tune in and see what's going on. So yeah, this weekend, perfect time to tune in and see what's going on. So once again, I'd like to thank you for tuning into this one. This is Daniel Cervantes wrapping up the second episode of It's Football, Not Soccer. See you next week.